Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week, we're going to be recapping the 2023 movie, Beautiful Disaster, based on a novel by Jamie McGuire. For a book adaptation, I thought it was pretty good. It was actually pretty good. And see, I remember reading this book and loved it. Not a fan of Jamie McGuire. The author. The author. I'm not a fan of the author of the book. Everyone who creates things has the potential for having shitty opinions. Are we only going to consume media from people who have opinions that 100% align with ours? Listen, I told you before we started that I was going to talk hella shit about Jamie McGuire. I know, I know. So what's a Google phrase people can look up to kind of know what the T is about her? So with Jamie McGuire, it's going to be hard to sort of explain the T behind it for people who were not in the romance writer reader community. To be fair, there was always drama going on in that community. There was always so much drama. <laughs> if somebody was always mad about something. Right. Anyways, putting aside Jamie McGuire's political beliefs, before even finding that out, a lot of people were kind of unhappy with the way she just treated people in general, especially readers. Mm, okay. I don't know. It just all put a bad taste in my mouth. I can understand that it's it's hard to get past someone being rude when you have that personal experience of like, you know, someone that was treated badly by them. It's hard to enjoy their stuff after that. And I totally get that. Yeah. But I am pretty sure that if I ever met Jennifer Lawrence, that she would push me in front of a train. We would still love her. I would still love her and I would still watch her movies. So, you know. No, I really want Aubrey Plaza to love me. But I honestly think she would find me annoying and hate me. She would be like, you need to leave. I hate your face because it's stupid. And I'd be like, I love you so much. Bye. Anyways, this movie was a long time coming for fans of The Beautiful Disaster and the whole Maddox Brothers series because they're all spinoff novels. Our main character, Abby, she's this 18-year-old girl who's running away from home when the movie starts. She is leaving Las Vegas where she's from. The movie starts with her writing her dad essentially a goodbye note because she's writing away in the middle of the night. I thought it was really refreshing for a daughter to run away from her dad in the middle of the night for once. You know what? Yeah, that is. It's Uno Reverse. <laughs> she pulled the Uno Reverse card. Abby left to get the milk. Abby is running away not to go live wild and free. She's running away to go to college. So Abby who was actually a child poker prodigy, she's running away to go be an English lit major. So now she's the black sheep of her family of one. Listen, college is great and everything, but if your kid is a poker prodigy, they're set. <laughs> like, they're good. Right? Listen, if you can make 100K in less than an eight-hour workday, you don't need college, baby. In Abby's letter to her dad, she tells him that she's sorry for running off, but that she needs a fresh start because mm -hmm. she is tired of bailing him out. Yeah, she has a lot of only child oldest daughter syndrome going on here where she is essentially her father's keeper. She's been taking care of her father because as he discovered that she's a poker savant at the mm -hmm. age of what, 12 or something? Yeah. He started using her to win money to pay off his debts. He was also a single father. Mom walked out on him when she was really little. Um, So now Abby walking out on him. Um, just like a double homicide, you know? <laughs> well, he probably deserves it, though. Put a pin in that. 
Abby runs away to college where her best friend America is going to school at and they're roommates. So Abby's first night there, she hasn't even changed clothes from when she arrives. She gets there with one suitcase Mm -hmm. and it's like a duffel bag. Well, it's probably full of cash. As She has a lot of cash. She's paying for college in cash from with her winnings. Yeah, she tries to pay for it with like big old stacks like a drug deal. Right. Anyways, so Abby's best friend, America, her boyfriend's name is Shepley. Shepley's like, hey, let's take you out, girl. I know a great spot. It's like an abandoned, like, underground warehouse. And it's so dingy. There's graffiti all over the walls. It just looks like the kind of place where you don't want to touch anything. You know, it's like moldy walls and... There's water. Nobody knows where it came from. (laughs) Right? It looks like it smells like an aquarium in there. Abby's just like, you know what? I think I'm going to go. This is not really my thing. She turns around to leave and just walks right into chest to chest with a sweaty shirtless man. This is Travis Maddox, and he's an MMA fighter. Is that what it is? MMA? I feel like it's like MMA adjacent. I feel like MMA has like rules and <laughs> right um, plumbing, you know, yeah, I, maybe. He's like an underground fight club. So Travis Maddox is played by Dylan Sprouse. And I've Uh never thought that Dylan Sprouse was, you know, a snack. But he's pulling out the Costco cart over here. He's looking like a snack. You know what? He is. He buys that bulk pack. Them some Pringles, girl. 18 pack of individual cups. Mm, Sour cream. Sour cream. Dude, those are the elite. (laughs) Travis is tall blonde but he has a buzzed haircut Mm -hmm. he's built you can tell he hits the gym you can tell he works out he has a six-pack he has some pecs biceps yeah and he's covered in tattoos on one side right he has that tattoo that covers one pec and then goes down the arm yes that's the hot guy tattoo i'm into it when they had that meet cute where they bumped into each other, time slowed and they played sexy music. They were layering it on very thick and they didn't have to because he's blonde. Like he was doing it for me already. You know what I mean? You didn't have to try this hard. And she's like, but if you want to, that's fine. But like, let me save you some work. I'm not complaining, but you know, you could have cut some money in the budget there. Yeah. Abby's already, you know, getting the down low woes um, <laughs> for Travis. <laughs> you know, her lady bits are coming alive. Travis goes into the ring and they start the fight. The guy he's fighting, he looks like the kind of person that you wouldn't expect to have a name. He would just be like guy number three. Uh-huh. You know, he looks like a sim. There seems to be very few rules in this fight. No weapons. You don't leave the ring and try not to kill them. Those seem to be like the only rules in this fight. I think the last one is very loose to try not to kill them because they're holding no punches. They are kicking. They are punching each other in the stomach, knocking each other over. It is such an intense, dirty fight. I was not expecting it to be that intense. You know what? Therapy is expensive, but isn't it cheaper than medical bills? Well, not for Travis because Travis has that student health insurance that they require you to pay (laughs) to be a student. What I'm 
saying it would be more economical for these young, angry boys to just go to therapy. You know what? Probably. But they don't need therapy because anger is not an emotion. (laughs) Anger is not a feeling, said all men everywhere as they start wars and genocide populations. (laughs) I'm not emotional at all, said Hitler. I'm not emotional. I'm just mad. Flipping tables over, punching holes in the wall. These aren't emotions. This is masculinity. I'm just going to start carrying like snack size Snickers bars to like make it angry. Just throw it at them and be like, you're not mad. You're just hungry. You're just hungry, boo boo. This fight is really, really dirty. Travis is holding his own. Uh He's really good. He's really fast. He's really coordinated. And he's the reigning champion. He's doing amazing. At one point, he gets distracted mid fight and turns to Abby and asks her if she's new. Yeah, he's like, I've never seen you before. While he's trying to have a conversation, he gets punched in the back of the head. You know what? That's what you get. You weren't paying attention. That's what you get. Travis ends up winning the fight, but the final punch to this fight sprays blood all over Abby's sweater and her face. This is so barbaric. I don't, I just don't understand beating someone to a pulp and how that's entertaining. It's very reminiscent of ancient Rome. Just throw them in the ring and and watch them fight. You know, we should bring back gladiator fights. Well, if they were criminals, maybe like, you know what? Let's put the pedophiles in the ring and have them fight to the death. Like, I wouldn't feel so bad about it, you know? And whoever wins gets a Gap Kids catalog. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't even know. I don't even know if this is the moment we get canceled. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, we need a minute to compose ourselves. <laughs> There's no segue from there. There's no segue. This is the end of the episode. Yeah, so after the fight where Travis sprays blood all over Abby, he comes up to her. He's like, hey, I don't think you being here is good for me. Sorry about your sweater, pigeon. He just nicknamed her pigeon. Well, first he calls her distracting and then he gives her a little nickname that makes no sense. And these are both tropes in romance novels. The guy always gives the girl a nickname and the reason is Mm -hmm. not revealed until the end. (laughs) I hate this nickname so fucking much. And he's like, yeah, a pigeon, a dove, like a sweet little bird, you know, elegant. Okay, first of all, pigeons and doves are not the same. Doves are the birds that were released at weddings. Mm. Pigeons are the dirty animals that shit on your head from overpasses. Okay? (laughs) These are not the same birds. Right. Yeah, totally. Strike one, Travis Maddox. Strike fucking one. Yeah, Abby goes home. She showers and stuff, and she can't stop thinking about this guy. The next day in class, she is sitting there not paying attention to the teacher. Instead, she is doing some good old social media stalking. She's looking through Travis's Instagram. She's getting, you know, the tingles again. She's like, oh, my God, he's so hot. She actually says that. Oh, my God, he's so hot. She mumbles it. And the worst possible situation happens. Worse than accidentally liking a post from five years ago. This is worse than that. He's sitting right behind her. He's he's seeing what she's doing. He heard what she said. He confronts her about it. They banter back and forth. And she tells him she doesn't like him and that he's not her type. 
girl, she is frontin'. Remember there used to be a song called Frontin' 101? Uh-huh. This is the class she's in, Frontin' 101. He literally just caught you stalking his Instagram, mumbling, oh my God, he's so hot. He knows he's your type. He knows you like him. Right. But like, honestly, I can understand being like, oh my God, he's so hot, but I- also feeling like he's an asshole and you don't want to get to know him. You know, those two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think it's fair to say someone is attractive, but I'm not attracted to them. You know who's like that for me? Channing Tatum. He's attractive, but I'm not attracted to him. I agree with you. I just want to bro out with him, you know? I want to go salsa dancing with him. Those hips don't lie. I can salsa, but only with my feet. I can't move my hips and my arms and my feet in a specific rhythm at the same time. I hate to break it to you, but salsa dancing involves moving your hips. I can't do it then. Even though Abby has given Travis all these verbal, very clear words that she's not interested, he's refusing to take no for an answer. Another trope. Another trope, which honestly, I hate. Tropes like this encourage men to think no means try harder. Yeah. Strike fucking two, Travis Maddox. (laughs) The fighting actually doesn't come into strikes ever. No. Spoiler, um, (laughs) not a red flag for me. (laughs) She just keeps saying, no, no, absolutely never. I'm going out to dinner with you. And he just says, I'll pick you up at seven. So he picks her up at seven. He picks her up in front of her dorm. She's dressed in sweats. She's going out of her way to act like she doesn't care. He Mm -hmm. rolls up in a motorcycle. She refuses to get on. And again, he doesn't take no for an answer. He keeps insisting until she relents. It's like a funny ha-ha game to him. He's like, oh, wow, she's playing hard to get. I'm going to get you. I should have brought my rope. I should have brought my zip ties. So she ends up getting on the motorcycle. So during this not date, he takes her to a burrito cart and she pays him back for her dinner just immediately. He's like, are you serious? And she's adamant the entire time. This is not a date, but she does agree to be friends with him. It's how the guy, you know, men always do this when they're trying really hard and you keep saying mm-hmm. no. They go, let's just be friends. No, baby, I don't mm. need any more friends. I'm good. I'm not really in the market for new friends, but thank you for the offer. Are you going to have a tea spill session with me at 1130 at night? I don't think so. Yeah. Are you going to talk shit with me about people? No, absolutely not. But Abby agrees to be friends with him. During this little non-date, he actually Uh opens up to her a little bit. He tells her that he's one of five brothers and that their mother died when they were younger. He says that he does the fighting because it's easy money for him. Uh I must object. There must be easier ways to make money. I mean, it depends how much money are you making. Prostitution, stripping. Like he has other (laughs) options here. Is like, Could you imagine him as a stripper? Yes, I can. And I believe he could make very good money stripping without getting his face plummeled every night. That's fair. Unless he wants, maybe he wants to get his face plummeled. Abby is jogging on the grounds of the college and she gets into the middle of a Frisbee game. She picks up a Frisbee to throw back to the game and she ends up throwing it directly into some dude. Into his crotch. Into his crotch. This might be my favorite Miku is accidentally throwing a Frisbee at a guy's crotch. Yeah, no, I love it. He's obviously incapacitated and in pain. He's he's kneeled over and he's crying. Abby put her back into this throw okay (laughs) she 
<laughs> she did. This wasn't a little toss. This was a full arm throw. Yeah. Well, this guy, his name is Parker and he's kind of cute. But don't you think he also looks like he's 40 and he's supposed to be a student at the school? He does. He looks significantly older. Doesn't it seem like Abby is immediately interested in this guy? And I think she's interested in him because he's harmless, because she could tell that she could have control over the situation. He doesn't have crazy eyes like Travis because Travis has crazy (laughs) eyes. Okay, he does have crazy eyes. No, she's instantly attracted to him because he seems so docile. Parker seems so docile. Well, like I said, he looks like a 40-year-old with three kids and a mortgage. He dresses Mm -hmm. like an accountant. He's wearing khaki pants and he's supposed to be 18. Yeah. So Abby is in the middle of a shower. She has soap all over her body, including her face. And the water in the dorm just goes out. It just stops working. They're told that the water should be back on in about 24 hours. So America... The roommate and best friend says, hey, we could just go stay with Shepley, who is America's boyfriend. It's an apartment. There's a living room. There's a kitchen. It's it's a nice, cozy mm-hmm. place. There is one downside, however. Travis is Shepley's cousin and roommate. If there's one plot device slash trope that we love is forced proximity. And this happens a lot in romance novels where some unforeseen event occurs to force the heroine Mm -hmm. and the hero together. And that's essentially what this is. In order to get these two together, we have to shut off the water in the entire building. You know, fuck all Mm -hmm. those other kids, right? They're What are they going to do? I don't know. Figure it out, Chad. Figure it out. This is not about you, Chad. Okay. (laughs) It's not about you. Right. So here we are. Close proximity. Abby's left alone in this apartment, or at least she thinks she's alone. She's sitting in the living room and she starts hearing interesting noises happening. Mm -hmm. Abby hears these noises and she walks over to the door and then she opens the door to look inside of Travis's room. First of all, invasion of privacy. Yes. Not cool. Second of all, she catches Travis in there having very acrobatic sex with a cute little French brunette on a chair. Uh huh. And it's not an armchair. It's like a metal folding chair. Yes. That's what's happening. <laughs> While she's being a little peeping Tom staring in through the door, her and Travis make eye contact. So he knows. So after he's done with his female friends, mm-hmm. Travis comes out. He confronts her about spying. She's like, hey, like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't realize. Can you imagine if she said, oh, listen, I'm so sorry. It just sounded like someone was choking in there. And I just wanted to make sure you were okay. (laughs) Because out of context, those noises could sound like someone is dying. No, out of context, those noises would definitely sound like somebody needed assistance. (laughs) Someone needs medical assistance. (laughs) Right. Travis tells Abby, hey, you can sleep in my room. And she's like, oh, absolutely not. Like, I'll sleep on the couch. I don't really want to sleep in the same bed where you bring all of your, you know, conquests to. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, um, nobody but me has ever slept in my bed. Right. This is a very familiar little trope that we see a lot in romance uh-huh. novels where the hero, who is also a little slutty slut, somehow keeps his bed, quote, sacred. No one else can sleep in his bed. Like in Fifty Shades of Grey, Christian says that he doesn't have sex in his bed, except with Anastasia. And then Travis is telling Abby, no one sleeps in my bed, but you can sleep in my bed. So I don't know. I call BS. I think these guys are just saying that 
you know what? It actually really surprises me that Abby agrees to sleep in his bed. This guy that she is very attracted to, but keeps denying that she's attracted to. She sleeps in his bed that night. And then there's a awkward little girl, funny, silly, goofy thing that happens in the morning. Girl. Abby's having a weird dream and she wakes Travis up with her mumbling. She's dreaming about a cat somehow. She hears meowing in the background and she's sleep talking about, oh, come here, little kitty. Come here, little kitty. She ends up grabbing Travis's morning wood. Uh-huh. And first of all, that thing looks like an arm. <laughs> it does. It looks like literally an appendage. It looks ginormous. It's got girth. It has a kneecap, okay? <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, she's grabbing it. Travis doesn't know what to do and he's trying to wake her up, but she's still grabbing it like it's a little kitty. Yeah, she's like petting the kitty with a closed fist. Once again, our heroine is accidentally sexual because women can't be sexual on purpose. That would make them slutty, but they can be accidentally sexual. Only whores can be sexy on purpose. <laughs> Are you a whore, Abby? No. So pet the kitty slash give him a handy. Just keep your eyes shut and pretend you're asleep. <laughs> but she she wakes up and she just screams. She's like, oh, my God, you're you're disgusting, Travis. Like, it's his fault that she jerked him off in the morning. Right. They start fighting. And then Abby, because, again, she's trying to deny that she has any feelings for Travis. And who knows what's going through her head after petting his freaking third leg. She says yes to the Parker guy who invites her to dinner. Yeah. The Parker guy is the guy that she accidentally hit him in the nuts with a Frisbee. <laughs> the accountant slash doctor. I don't fucking know. What, where are you? A podiatrist? Like, shit. <laughs> um, you know what? You know how I get conspiracy theories in the middle of movies? I just have yes. a conspiracy theory that this guy doesn't even go to that school. Is he a fed? Oh my God, this guy is a fed. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could be a fed. He does look like he could be a fed. Totally. But she agrees to go out on a date with him and she wears this cute little dark red dress, mm -hmm. has a cute little sweetheart neckline and flowy sleeves. I love this dress. Yes, she's looking really cute. She goes on a date with this Parker guy and everything's going great. They have dinner and then Parker tells her he wants to take her out to see a show. They get to this theater and there are signs up for Titus Andorondicus. I said that wrong, but we'll be okay. <laughs> it's a Shakespeare play. It's a Shakespeare play. And she says that, you know, many people think that it's too violent, but she actually loves it. So Parker's like, oh, so you're down with violence, you know? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. So she thinks they're going to see the Shakespeare play. Right. Um, They're not. It's another cage fight. Right. And Parker is a big Travis Maddox fan. So obviously Travis is there to fight. And Travis has been texting Abby since their little morning uh -huh. faux pas. Yeah, and she's been ignoring him. She's been ignoring him. So Travis, instead of getting ready for his fight, he's out front trying to get a signal to text Abby. Abby, meanwhile, tells Parker she needs some air because she's like, shit. She goes outside. Travis immediately sees her. And he's like, where the fuck have you been? Why are your tits out? <laughs> he's like, why are your titties out? They're too distracting. He accuses her of... One, ignoring him, and two, quote, showing up here like that with your titties hanging out. 
her titties are not even out. She's like, this is a respectable amount of cleavage. It really is. It's a normal bra. You know what? Is she showing off her boobs or does she simply just have boobs and exists? Right? Is she showing off her boobs or are you just hyper aware of her boobs specifically? So again, her and Travis get into a little back and forth. And Abby sees the guy that Travis is going up against. And the guy is this crazy looking Russian dude. Abby tells Mm -hmm. Travis, you can't do this. This guy is going to kill you. Don't go out there. Travis is like, oh, my God. Are you worried I'm going to get hurt? She's like, "Uh, I'm not worried about you, but I'm worried for you. I'm worried about the environment, too. They're not the same thing. (laughs) And so he decides he's like, do you want to make a little bet? Ooh. How many tropes are we on now, girl? Ooh, we're on like, what, four? Damn, this is hitting all the spots. All of that early 2010s romance novel tropes. They're all here. Yes. She's like, I don't gamble. That's a straight up lie, girl. (laughs) Bitch, you (laughs) frontin'. And he says, I promise you this, this guy won't even touch me. And she's like, that's insane. And he's like, he won't even touch me. She's like, okay, like, what are the stakes? If he wins, she has to come stay with him for 30 days. If she wins, he's not having sex for three months. Correct. How does that not seem equal to me? It doesn't seem... I don't know. I just don't like the bet at all. Well, he's giving up sex. She's giving up her freedom. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the same. Two men, it's the same. Two men, it's the same. He just looks at her and goes, cover these up and like waves to her boobs. Right. Cover up those boobs. So the fight starts. The guy cannot hit Travis. Travis is so fast that the guy cannot lay a hand on him, just like Travis told Abby. Um, And Travis is playing with this dude. He is. Travis is making a good show. He's playing with this dude. The whole time, Abby's on the sideline screaming, hit him just once. Hit him. She wants the Russian guy to hit him so that yeah. she doesn't lose the bet. Well, Travis knocks the guy out, ends the fight. Abby has lost. We cut to Abby. Remember, she was on a date with Parker, who might may or may not be a fed, right? So yeah. she was on a date with him. So we cut to her fighting in the car with her date. And the guy is freaked out. He's like, you did not tell me that you and Travis are a thing. Travis knocks on the window of the car and he's like, let's go, Abby. You're coming home with me. Parker says, you need to get out of the car, Abby. You need to get. He gets increasingly more and more panicked. He's like, get the fuck out of the car. He's going to hurt me. Get out of the car. Abby goes back to Travis's place. She is super pissed about having to sleep in the same bed as him. And I'm thinking that wasn't the bet, but okay, you're doing that because you want to, girl. That wasn't the bet. You literally could sleep on the couch. You could sleep on the roof. You know, he said, come home Uh with me. He didn't say, come lay in my bed with me. Abby's been at their house for a couple weeks and we get our favorite thing, which is a montage. Mm -hmm. We get to see Abby living with Shepley and Travis. They're having dinner together. They're sleeping in the same bed every night. At one point, Abby is trying to clean up the living room. She gets in the way of a football game and Travis smacks her ass and she just turns around and lunges on him and starts beating him up. Yeah, it's a little bit of sibling vibes, but like West Virginia edition, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Travis is teaching Abby how to like work out and fight, how to throw a punch. Yeah. You know, he seems kind of like a pretty encouraging teacher. I mean, he's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. I don't know. It's cute. It's adorable. It is. It is a cute montage. You can see that they're getting closer, but also they're keeping things platonic. 
And it's not really shown, but it's kind of implied that Travis hasn't been hooking up with anyone else, which if you Mm -hmm. remember, it was if she won the deal, he was going to abstain for sex for two months. But somehow he's abstaining from sex anyway. So it's kind of like, huh. Okay. I think he knows that if he were to like go have a fling and have a one night stand with someone Mm -hmm. that Abby would lose her shit. Like he knows. Yeah. He's still holding out hope that something would happen between them. But yes, one Sunday, Travis takes Abby to Sunday dinner, which is a tradition. They go to his father's house and they have Mm -hmm. dinner together. He takes her on the bike. He gets to his dad's house. Two of his brothers are already there. They're the twins who are older than Travis, but somehow look five years younger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would check out that birth certificate. Mom and dad are lying because somebody's adopted. Yes. <laughs> we meet the second to oldest. And he reminds me of like a stoner surfer. Stop it. Like he looks like he surfs. I wrote, we meet Trent, who looks like Tarzan, if Tarzan was a stoner surfer guy. That's exactly right. They all gather around the dining room table where there's a bucket of KFC. There's so much product placement in this movie. I don't know if you noticed it. They did well with it. It wasn't too obnoxious, but it was a lot of it. In any case, they all gather around the table. And then the last minute, the older brother walks in. Girl, he is wearing a suit. He is hands down the finest one of all of them. Did you see that jawline? 10 out of 10 white collar criminal. I love it. I don't I don't (laughs) remember what older brother's name was. But here, let me find it. Hold on. Let me see who he's played by. Is he real? Is he real? (laughs) They just had a robot. (laughs) He was played by ChatGPT playing a, a hot guy. His name is Thomas. And he's played by Trevor Van Uden. When he said it was going to be Sunday dinner, I imagine that there was going to be a bunch of food on the table. I mean, it sounds fancy, right? Like Sunday dinner. So there's six grown men there, plus Abby. Mm -hmm. And the only thing on the dining room table is a bucket of KFC. I would have turned my ass around and gone Mm -hmm. gone somewhere else. Like, this is bullshit. Once they make their plates, they literally flip the table over like it's like a swivel table to where it has two sides. Yeah. They flip the table over and it's a poker table and they're like, all right, let's get this game started. Yeah. I don't think that table was ever meant to be a a dining room table. It's it's a poker table. They probably found it on Craigslist or probably on a sidewalk somewhere. Someone probably threw it out. Listen, I would love that table. Of course, the second they are setting up for poker, Abby starts acting really sus because it's her deep, dark secret that she's a poker prodigy. She doesn't want anyone to know. Oh, no. (laughs) I was so good at numbers and math. (laughs) It's her deep, dark secret. And she gets up. She's like, oh, does anybody want to drink? All the men immediately start letting Abby mommy them. That's so true. I didn't notice that. She's getting drinks. She's cleaning up. She's doing dishes. You know, the game goes on and they're like, Abby, you know, do you want to play? You know, we'll take it easy on you. And she's like, I'm not worried about me. I'm actually worried about you. Yeah. She can't resist. She goes in there and she starts playing poker with them and she sweeps the floor with them, draining them of all their money. Ultimately, at the end of it, she gives her their chips back. She's like, I'm not going to take your money. And dad's like, nope, you won that money fair and square. Thomas, the older brother, the oldest brother, he's like, you know, there was stories about this guy in Vegas that had a daughter. She'd be about your age now. He does some quick FBI Google searching and finds out that Abby 
is Lucky 13. Lucky 13 was this very popular young poker prodigy. Obviously, they know it's her, but she's not admitting to it, but she's not denying it either. Because it's her deep, dark secret. (laughs) It's her deep, dark secret. And they're like, holy shit, we just got hustled by Lucky 13. Mm -hmm. They're getting pictures, autographs. They are like, we were in the presence of royalty here. Yeah, they're they're definitely fangirling. She's being welcomed by his family. So it's, it's a cute scene. It is a really cute scene. She ends up having a great time at their house. Yeah. And then we actually get another montage, another time lapse. Travis and Abby getting closer even more. They've come to the end of their arrangement and they're in bed as they usually are super platonically pretending that they are flat down there like Barbie and Ken. And (laughs) they're having a banter session as they do. And naturally that escalates into a tickle fight. I fucking hate tickle fights. I will kick a motherfucker in the face. When I say stop, I mean fucking stop. Yeah. I consider that assault. Like, I will press charges. I hate being tickled. I fucking hate it. The tickle fight escalates into tension. And Travis grabs her arms and, like, pins them above her head. And then they just start making out. They're groping each other. She runs her hands down his back as they're making out, pulls his pants down, and just grabs his bare ass. She was squeezing them cheeks, girl. Might I comment, as far as man asses go, this was a really nice man ass. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. It was probably a double. <gasps> you don't think that was Dylan Spruce's ass? Can you imagine being just like an ass double for movies? Where <laughs> I'm like, an ass actor. <laughs> like no one's ever seen your your face, but like your ass has been like Christian Bale's ass, like Tom Cruise's ass, Brad Pitt's ass. That's America's ass. You know what I mean? That's America's ass. And do you put that on your resume? You know how actors have to send in a reel of all their acting experience? <laughs> Do you show your ass? This guy's reel is just a bunch of shots of just like (laughs) random bare ass cheeks, like in all these different situations, like in the rain, in the shower, walking away. (laughs) And this is like his ass is just pressed against a foggy car window. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is my acting portfolio. Just ass. And he keeps getting hired, you know, like it's working. He has like comments at the bottom like this is toned. This is flexed. This is the ass of a man whose wife just left him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the ass like has emotion to it, you know? Yeah. But she comes to her senses, pushes him off and runs to the bathroom. Yeah. She goes to the bathroom. She's psyching herself up. Like, yeah. bitch, go back in there and get some of that ass. She's like, oh, my God, I think I love him. That escalated quickly, honey. I think it's hormones. You know what? It's that it's it's lust. That's oxytocin. Yeah. Listen, we, we've all been digmatized. They sell that in it's a okay. bottle, by the way. You don't need a man, girl. They sell it in a bottle. I don't know. Don't they? Oxytocin? Isn't oxy? Is that a drug or is that a laundry ingredient? I'm a housewife. I don't know. Okay, so there's <laughs> oxytocin, which is the thing that gives you butterflies, that right. gives you that lusty feeling. Right. Then there's oxycotton right which is a drug okay that's what i'm that thinking people can take right that's what i'm thinking and then of. there's oxyclean <laughs> <laughs> that you put in your laundry yes i like all of them <laughs> she sucks herself up she goes back to the bedroom and travis is fucking gone She doesn't know this, but the reason Travis left is because while she was in the bathroom, 
a text message came in on her phone that said, Abby, I miss you. Are you around this weekend? And Abby had replied earlier, I miss you too. And so Mm -hmm. Travis is, you know, he's overreacting, but those aren't emotions because men don't have emotions. Absolutely not. Um, So Travis storms out of the house. He just leaves, gets his shit and leaves. Abby spends all night looking for him. And no one knows where he is. But then he comes back to the apartment, reeking of alcohol, holding a cat that he stole from the neighbor, pissed drunk. And he was like, Abby, we were making out in my fucking bed. And then you get a text from another dude and you say you miss him. Go back to Mick. You know, he is. She's like, Mick is my dad. Oof. (laughs) That's awkward. Yeah. And Travis is like, huh. It seems as though I've overreacted. (laughs) It seems as though perhaps... I've misjudged the situation. I'm sorry. The second she says, that's my dad, he's just like, oh, (laughs) everything's fine then. But she's pissed now. She's like, you're so immature. You just put me through hell because Mm -hmm. you wouldn't communicate. And good for her. I have to say good for her because that is really immature and that is really annoying. She shouldn't just let this slide. He tries to apologize, but she says to him, like, Travis, tonight you showed me who you really are. And she's so serious about it. Like, he revealed a deep, dark secret. You didn't know that already? He literally did the same exact (laughs) bullshit he's been doing. Right. No, but like somehow it really surprises her that this guy that beats up people for a living is a hothead. I had no idea. Like, this is a new development. And so she's super upset about it. And I just, at this point, I'm not sure who's overreacting because I'm just like, I'm like, okay, he overreacted, but then she's kind of also overreacting at his overreaction. So, you know, I'm not good at algebra, but I feel like it cancels itself out. Honestly, at this point, it's she's mad that the boiling water hurt her hand. You didn't see this coming because fucking everybody else did. As Taylor Swift would say... Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. Bingo. Bingo. And to be completely clear here, Travis is the stupid prize. Right. Um, Abby is also a stupid prize. He's a stupid prize with a nice ass, but a stupid prize nonetheless. Travis is trying so hard to apologize and talk to her. Mm -hmm. And Abby is leaving that motherfucker on red. She's not answering phone calls. She goes back to her dorm. She is studiously avoiding him. Abby is at the library. She's studying. And Mm -hmm. Parker, who is the accountant slash possible FBI agent that's pretending to be a student at the school, Mm -hmm. he runs into her and he convinces her to go out to eat with him. They're going out. He ends up taking Abby to this weird dark place. And she's like, where the fuck are we? Why is it so dark? Red flag. Like, listen, I'd be like, motherfucker, (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. I'm not getting murdered today. Yeah, he walks Abby into this dark room, the lights flick on, and a ton of people are screaming out, you know, surprise, like happy birthday. And I'm like, first of all, Uh I didn't know she had so many friends. And she doesn't because she asked her roommate, like, where did all these people come from? (laughs) Like, who are they? Travis invited them because Travis put together... This whole big surprise birthday party as a way of like making up. That would be the worst present for me. Right? Like a surprise and a party with a lot of people I don't know. Like, do you hate Mm -hmm. me? Like, why are you doing this to me? Now I have to make small talk with people I don't know. No bueno. 
And so Abby's like, you know what? I'm going to get fucked up. It's my birthday. Might as well get fucked up. So she just starts taking shot after shot after shot. Yeah, she's getting white girl wasted. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but meanwhile, accountant slash FBI agent Parker is walking around in his khakis and he's he's holding wine glasses, which like I don't know where you get wine at a frat party type situation but if there's a keg in the back of a warehouse um there should not be wine glasses okay (laughs) exactly did he bring that with him right (laughs) so it seems like for the most part abby's having a great time just partying it up she's dancing there's a little party montage of her just dancing until travis goes to her and he tells her to stop drinking and she's being a brat and he's rubbing it in her face that he quote did all this for her because he says you know i did all this for you because I care about you and they they start arguing and they go outside Mm -hmm. and they're they're arguing outside in the middle of the argument they just kind of stop and Travis says you're gonna have to walk away from me Abby because I can't walk away from you I want to say that that's another trope in romance novels where it's like Mm -hmm. the guy is like I can't control myself around you you must have self-restraint because I don't. My penis doesn't allow it. You Like, you need to have my self-restraint for me. Right. Like, are you an animal? Right. Hey, woman, as though you don't have enough mental labor to do between trying not to get murdered and, you know, trying not to get trafficked. Like, between all of those things, could you also have self-restraint on my behalf? She just leans in and they start kissing. Abby and Travis are making out. She pulls back and then just throws up on his face. Does this happen in the book? I think she throws up on him. It doesn't say on his face. Yeah, they they were out of pocket for this one. I don't know who the director of this movie was, but they were like, you know, it would be hilarious to put in a romance movie. (laughs) Listen, he doesn't even flinch. He's just like, hmm. Girl, it's mm-hmm. like in his mouth. Like she threw up on his face. It's like getting in all the crevices. I would vomit on her. It would be like puke battles. I would. Yeah, it would be a, pu- a puke battle for sure. I would vomit and right back on her. You know what she says after she pukes? She goes, when did I have noodles? No, no. This is... <laughs> he needs to file charges and get a restraining order. This is disgusting. And you know what's crazy is she's not even embarrassed. She's that drunk that she's not even embarrassed. She just puked on this guy's face. Well, Travis takes her back to his place. He gets her cleaned up. Oh, he gets himself cleaned up too. Mm-hmm. She's puking in the toilet and then she like leans back on him and he's kind of like holding her. He's like, you know what the best part of this whole evening is? And she's like, what? He's like, it's that you won't remember any of it. So when I tell you that I'm madly in love with you, you won't even remember it. And she's like really sad. She's like, I won't remember it. (laughs) And he's like, no. And then she's like, do you want to go to International House of Pancakes? (laughs) (laughs) Abby also drunk dials her dad, which again, she's Mm -hmm. been avoiding him all this time. And she finally calls him and she tells him where she is because he's, you know, he keeps asking her, where are you? The next morning when Abby wakes up, she is surprised that she's not hungover. And it's because Mm -hmm. Travis made her drink a a liter of water before bed. So it's the last day of the bed and it's actually Abby's actual birthday. Right. And she's like, hey, I was thinking maybe a little something special for the last night. And so she opens his nightstand drawer, pulls out a bottle of lube. 
She hands him the bottle of lube and she's like, can you get me a foot massage? And he's like, absolutely. Let me tell you, a little bit of lube goes a long way. This man is putting uh, several tablespoons of lube on her feet and her feet look slippery as hell. And I'm just very concerned about where this is going. (laughs) Just the scene before she threw up on his face. And I just don't know where this is going. And I'm very concerned for him. He should be concerned too. Yeah. (laughs) What that foot do, girl? (laughs) What that foot do? She's like, also my calves... And then she's like, my inner thighs. And so then he unbuttons the the flannel she's wearing. He unbuttons it. She mm-hmm. takes it off. And then he just literally squeezes like a fucking handful of lube onto her stomach. Abby can now fit anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she totally could. Abby can fit anywhere. She's making him an accomplice to some crime because she's trying to slip into a bank or some shit. Abby cannot be caught. <laughs> she can slip right through the mesh of a net you know what though like is this the answer to reduce our chances of being kidnapped and murdered should women everywhere be layering themselves up with lube so that we are uncatchable yes we're using the man's tools against him women should just walk around in a bra and panties covered in lube at all times (laughs) (laughs) i wish we could like that would be a great defense mechanism women can just excrete lube from their sweat glands (gasps) oh my god dude evolution has failed us like why is that not a evolution has failed us damn we need to excrete lube from our pores when we're in danger so we can't be caught (laughs) listen we need to write a note to the people who are engineering the future of humans because, you know, someone's in a lab right now being like, how do we make this better? <laughs> Women are up there giving public speeches in front of an audience and then yeah. slips because they sweat so much lube. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a slip and slide in the TED Talk stadium. But things get hot and heavy. Yeah, things escalate very quickly. And they do this weird thing that I haven't seen before. And I don't think I don't think it's a trope because I don't remember ever reading this. But they do a countdown before he penetrates her with his third leg. I don't know. It was just weird. He was like, "Okay, ready? One, two, three. It's like, why is this a medical procedure? Like, why? (laughs) Listen, she's seen how big his fucking third leg is. He he was probably giving her the respect like she needs a warning before I literally fucking impale her. This is this is a lot. Anyway, the next day, Abby is headed to school and a guy in a black Jeep who looks very mobster tells mm-hmm. her to get in his car. Abby's like, I will respectfully decline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will not be getting in your car. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to have to insist. And she's like, mm, I'm still going to decline your polite offer. Yeah, thanks. I'm covered in lube, dude. You can't catch me if I start running. <laughs> And then the mobster's like, Mick, who is her father, Mick owes my boss a hundred grand. So you're going to have to come with me. And Abby, seeing that her dad's in trouble, just nosedives straight into the backseat of this car. Mobster drives her to Vegas. Meanwhile, Abby's not answering Travis's calls or texts. Mm-hmm. And Travis is flipping the fuck out. How's it feel, Travis? How's it feel? Yeah. He asked America, who is Abby's best friend, roommate, and his cousin's girlfriend anyways. Mm-hmm. He asked her, he's like, hey, you have her location. Give me your phone. And he just straight up steals America's phone. The second he sees that she is somehow in a club in Vegas, he gets on his bike and he heads, he heads to Vegas. They're in California, right? Yeah. 
So it's not like crazy far, but it's definitely a drive. Abby gets to the club. It's a strip club where her dad is at. The head mobster, he's there and he's like, listen, your dad owes me a hundred grand and I need it by tonight. And Abby's like, I can't get it for you by tonight. Mobster dude has one of his lackeys act like he's going to cut off dad's finger with a cigar cutter. And Abby flips out and then agrees to play. Because they're telling her, you can get us this money. We know you can. We've seen you play. You can get this money in, in a single evening. And Abby's like, but if I get caught, college, they'll, you know, kick me out of college. He's like, listen, Abby, you know how to not get caught. Go do it or else daddy dies. Mm-hmm. We're going to dismember him finger by finger. That's so inefficient. And so Abby goes back to her room. She gets ready. She is wearing this sparkly, short, sequenced blue dress. She's all done up. Yeah, she armed herself with a taser, which is smart. Mm -hmm. And she heads down to the casino. So she is playing a game because she's very much aware of her appearances. She knows that she's Mm -hmm. a young, pretty blonde with big boobs. And so Mm -hmm. she stumbles to a high stakes room and she pretends that she's just a spoiled rich girl who doesn't know what she's doing. When she first walks into the casino, she says, slip the waitress $200 to start watering down my drinks. She keeps ordering drinks and the guys at her table think that she's getting drunk and really she's she's uh-huh. not. She's all there. And she's acting like a ditzy dumb blonde. She said she's there on a bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. We get a montage of her just annoying the shit out of these men, which honestly is just my favorite thing in the world is watching Mm -hmm. women make men uncomfortable. And she's doing exactly that. She's making obscene gestures. She's making really like crude jokes while taking all their money. So she racks up $100,000 in winnings by the end of the night. Yeah, she gets up and she's like, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Just a word of advice. If you can't spot the sucker at the table within the first 30 seconds, you're the sucker. So Abby's walking out of the casino with a little briefcase full of $100,000 worth of chips. She calls the mobster dude and she's like, I have your money. I'm on my way. Like, let my dad, you know, leave my dad alone. She's almost home free. She's almost to that casino door. And a security guard comes up behind her and is like, miss, she keeps walking. And he's persistent. He's like, miss, you in the blue dress. And so she stops and she turns around and she realizes she realizes that she knows the security guard from high school. Right. So it's just an old friend from high school and she's kind of relieved. She's like, oh, I'm not being stopped. He just recognized me. So they mm-hmm. chat up for a while. And then right as he's about to go- walk away, the security guard is like, OK, you're going to have to give me those chips now. And she's like, oh, my God, no, please. You don't understand. I need this money. The guard is like, you're underage. It's illegal. And I don't want you to go to jail. This is for your own good. <laughs> I'm like, Get the fuck out of here. Listen. I don't know. I feel like I would want a receipt or something about where that's going. I'd like to talk to a manager. Yes. If there's any time to be a Karen, it's when a casino security guard is telling you they need to confiscate your briefcase full of poker chips. You know, sorry, I need to see a manager. Absolutely not. Especially this isn't, you know, 20, 30 bucks worth of chips. This is a hundred grand. Right. So... She's defeated, all right? She knows the mobster's on his way to come get her so she can give him this money. So she calls her dad and she's like, you need to run. She's like, I got caught. They're going to kill you. You need to run. Right. She tells him, get out of town, get a burner and call me when you're somewhere safe. 
Abby's telling this guy, you know, daddy mobster, she's like, hey, listen, I got caught. I don't have your money. He's like, you fucking called me and now you don't have it. This guy doesn't want to hear it. And he tells Abby that her only way to fix this is to work for him. She's going to have to play games for him to win this money back Mm -hmm. and he will let her live. He says the legal age for gambling in California is 18. So let us go back to California and then they'll split all of her winnings 50-50. Mm-hmm. And this is not like just until you pay back the hundred grand. This is like, I own you. This is human trafficking, except instead of for sex, it's for gambling. Mm, yeah, it's human trafficking. 100%. In the middle of this conversation, Travis shows up madder than hell, kicks the door open and just starts beating the shit out of security guards. Yeah, this is the first time that I see the value in his stupid little hobby of beating people up when he's mad because he's a fighter. He's in there like Tom Cruise spy shit, like knocking people out everywhere. This is where having a scary boyfriend that likes to punch people is definitely a bonus. There's very few perks to that, but this is this is definitely a perk. Travis essentially is like busting skulls open right now. The head mobster is like, who the fuck is this? And Abby's like, I'll take care of it. I'm so sorry that he's here. Like, Yeah, Abby's upset. She storms out. She's mad at Travis because she insists that she was handling it on her own. But she weren't, though. Yeah, she really wasn't. She doesn't want to tell him anything. She doesn't want to fill him in on what's going on. She says to him, like, I've had enough crazy in my life and you make me crazy And once again, things escalate in a very weird way because one minute they're fighting and the next minute they're stumbling into her hotel room having the clumsiest sex scene I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, they're knocking shit over. They tip the dresser over. Lamps are crashing to the floor and breaking. They break the sink in the bathroom. They... Don't they break the shower head? Oh, no, the shower head's not working right. So Travis like punches it off. The people next door are yelling like, hey, keep it down. Keep it down. We're trying to sleep. And now the phone in the room is is ringing because obviously the hotel people are calling like for a noise complaint. And all Mm -hmm. the while, Travis and Abby, and they're not actually having sex. They're just kind of throwing each other around in a passion. Mm -hmm. It's just the weirdest thing. He knees her in the face at one point. She's like helping him take off his pants he accidentally knees her in the face so it's like this very intense passionate sex scene that does not include any sex and just includes a lot of destruction it cuts to the next morning where they're laying in bed together abby's still asleep travis sees that she's getting a whole bunch of text messages from the mobster like Mm -hmm. i still want my money like this isn't over so travis being travis he calls the mobster and is like hey listen i know another way to get your money This is off Abby now and this is on me. Yeah, because he saw a flyer for some sort of cage fight. So he's like, I'm going to do this for some money. Here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. Travis and Abby, their first big fight was about him reading her text messages and not getting context for them before acting. And this is Mm -hmm. literally what he's doing once again. Yeah. So Travis leaves the room. And by the time Abby wakes up, he is gone and her phone is blowing up with notifications about Travis doing this big fight in Las Vegas. The guy he's fighting, his fighter name is Chernobyl. <laughs> yes. So he's fighting this dude that easily has like six inches on him. Six inches in every direction, by the way. Yeah. Every fucking direction. This guy is literally <laughs> twice Travis's size. He is girthy, this man. 
There's also a video on her phone from Travis. He took the time to send her a video message and he Mm -hmm. tells her like, listen, I got you. I'm going to do this fight. I'm going to settle this debt for you. And obviously, Mm -hmm. Abby's terrified because she sees the guy that he's going to fight against. So she rushes out of the room. She heads into the hotel parking lot. And as she rounds a corner, she overhears a conversation that she's not supposed to hear. It's between her dad and the security guard from the casino saying, yeah, it was so easy. Abby was afraid of getting caught. She just handed over the chips. So apparently the dad didn't owe the guy money. They just set up this whole scenario because the dad knew that Abby would swoop in to try to save him, win him some money, and Mm -hmm. then she could be guilted into playing poker for a living again. Mm -hmm. How freaking terrible. We've seen some terrible dudes, but Mm -hmm. her dad is the fucking worst. Is like the trash is too nice for him. Set it on fire. We need to put him on a shuttle to the freaking sun. Yes. Um, Abby doesn't take this laying down, though. She walks right up, tases the security guard, yeah. and then starts like beating the shit out of her dad. So her dad fled. Somehow he fled without his car. Well, she stole his car to go to the fight. Okay, okay. And so now she's even more upset because she's trying to call Travis and she's trying to tell him, like, you don't have to fight Travis. There is no debt. Like, my dad doesn't owe this guy any money, but it's too late. Travis has already gotten into the ring. Yeah, so she gets there. And first of all, Travis is getting his ass beat in this ring. Travis is holding his own as best he can because he's fast. And this other Mm -hmm. guy is just brute strength. But Pretty early on, Travis is struggling. I don't understand what these fighters are made out of, that they get kicked in the head and they don't go down. Dude, like, I would go down, down, down. I would need an Advil and a nap if someone, like, pinched me too hard. I don't understand this. And somehow, this guy is allowed to bring a chain into the ring. Like, I'm pretty sure that's an OSHA violation. (laughs) They don't give a fuck about OSHA. Now Abby shows up and hits him over the head with a metal chair. The guy doesn't even flinch. And the only reason the fight ends is because a fire breaks out. So like, this Uh is the only thing that saves Travis's life is the fact that a fire breaks out. I don't understand because at this point, Travis is like pretty much unconscious. So it's like, where was this fight going? Were they fighting to the death? Like, what the heck? first rule of fight club is you don't ask about fight club i have some follow-up questions excuse me (laughs) we can't be part of fight club because we have questions (laughs) but yeah so essentially they like drag travis out of this burning warehouse into like a parking lot and we see the aftermath of travis just all beat up he's all Mm -hmm. bruised up travis and abby spend the night together in their hotel room she explains everything that it was all a setup from her dad that he never actually owed the mobster money and that none of this was necessary it was essentially her dad selling her to this dude i think the sequel to this movie should be abby getting her revenge on her dad just vigilante shit to where she takes him to like one of those hostile places like amsterdam (laughs) yeah Yeah. Anyways, so Abby tells Travis that she loves him. She does. She tells him she loves him. He's all beat up like, bitch, you better love me. Almost died. (laughs) 
at this point like what the fuck like we're engaged now and it's like he almost died for free because there was no way like he was not solving any problems like if this hadn't been a setup and she really did owe the money he was not getting her out of it obviously like no he would have lost anyways yeah and he would have died well there's like this cool change of events so obviously abby's dad just left town but the dumbass left the bag full of money because he had cashed out the chips he left a bag Mm -hmm. full of money in the back of the car so this is as happy of an ending as we can get abby and travis are in vegas they stay for Mm -hmm. another night and they have this moment where they say like yeah we might as well stay because we're a disaster get it beautiful disaster get it yeah (laughs) they said it they, they said, it. said it. They got us. I love how it all came full circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then we get like another little montage of like Abby and Travis. No, I love when they do this in movies where they have the credits rolling and then they have they show you what happened after the end. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially a montage of Abby, Travis and their friends in Vegas. It's just like a picture montage of their adventure. And Mm -hmm. Travis and Abby get married in Vegas. And also there's another like vomit scene where like the friend throws up on her boyfriend this time. Somebody needs to look into the Google search history of this director because he's really obsessed with people throwing up on people, um, Mm -hmm. which is gross. Anyways, that is where our movie leaves us. Yeah, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.